Thanks for listening to another life-transforming message from the team here at C3 Southwest Washington. To find out more about our church, visit c3swwa.com. Why don't you stand with me? Happy Easter. And for those of you who have ever taken two steps backwards, today's message is for you. For those of you who experienced a thousand steps backward, today's message is for you. Amen? This entire month. Psalm 34 verse 19 says, many. I wish it wasn't true, but the scripture doesn't lie. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. I always point out the buts in scripture, and I always say, and that's a big but, and I promise you, this is the biggest but in all of scripture, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Say it with me, out of them all. Father, I pray for every person in this room. I pray for every person at home. God, we honor and bless them. Allow your word to not only penetrate maybe the moment that we're in, but Lord, to, to add something into our lives so that we're ready when we face the affliction of the righteous, to be able to have confidence to press forward. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everyone said, amen. And you can be seated. I have very little time um, because we have a number of gatherings this morning. And so I've got to like rapid fire go through this, but I do greet you all. Happy Resurrection Day. What a great thing to be involved with the resurrection, to know the king of the resurrection and the family of the resurrection gathered together today. You know, I think that we're wired in life to consider taking steps forward, gain ground, gain strength, gain momentum, add more to what we have to go on to the next grade and then to a diploma and then more diplomas so that we can get a better job and make a little bit more money so that then we buy the next better house. And as we gather friends, we add another friend into the uh, uh, amassing group of friends that we have. But sometimes life is not two steps forward. It can actually work in reverse. It can be two steps backwards. And when it happens, it can be very shocking and unexpected. If you consider the 12 disciples, what they experienced in about three years of their life, it's remarkable. It's, it starts slow, take on some ground, and get moving. Jesus invited them simply to follow, and then they watched him do his very first miracle. He turned water into wine, and it blew their minds, and they thought, who is this that can do that? And as he began to go on teaching and speaking, he also attracted small groups of people. There was a growing following. And then he began to do miracles, which was shocking. Not just water into wine, but deaf people hearing, blind eyes being able to see, then people who couldn't walk standing up. He began doing more miracles. And as he did, a larger crowd began to gather. He even did more and more, more miracles, even raising someone from the dead. And as he did the crowd began to grow even bigger, and they were gaining momentum, gaining ground. Next thing you know, the disciples aren't just watching miracles. Now they're doing them as well. The disciples, after doing miracles, saw so many people show up that the, the, the people arriving could have filled an entire stadium. Right up until the moment that we would have celebrated just a few days previously, where as they arrived in Jerusalem, the crowd gathered there chanting Jesus' name, could have filled stadiums. Jesus on a donkey, them throwing coats into the road, people shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, 
And then Mark chapter 15, verse 37, it says, And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. Totally shocking, completely unexpected, out of the trajectory, out of the flow of what everybody thought would happen except for heaven. And I don't know if you've experienced a moment like that, but I'll bet you have if you've been alive for any length of time. You know, I think we're really wired to be able to move forward and to gain ground. I remember the first time this really impacted me. As a freshman, I stood for the first time with my hand raised on the wrestling mat under the varsity lights shining down, and I had won my very first match, four to two. It was probably the worst match in all of history, the slowest moving, two guys rolling around and one guy getting lucky and scoring more points. But I remember walking home that night, and for me, it was like one of the, it still is to this day, one of life's greatest moments to know that you've won something. And I can't help but get emotional about that. It was such an, ex I remember, even though I wasn't a believer, walking home in the freezing cold, in the storm, snow coming down, looking up to the heavens saying, God, thank you that I won. I won something. And there's that expectation to continue to move forward. And my sophomore year, I grew in my experience, and I had a lot more wins, a lot more days with hands raised. Even though I was just a tiny guy my junior year, I still was only wrestling the 100-pound weight class. And I went almost undefeated. And I won a number of tournaments and took uh, third place, fourth place in, in our state wrestle-off. And I remember going into the next year, I'm going to take ground. I'm going to go farther. I'm going to win more. Until my senior year, I put on some weight, I got taller, I couldn't make the weight class, and as a senior, I had a freshman, brand new at our school, who was whipping my tail as one of the captains. And I watched that year as sometimes my hand was raised, but about as equal as many times my hand was down as somebody else was raised. And instead of taking ground, I found myself losing ground, and it was shocking to me that I wasn't moving forward. Um, this was certainly well beyond this, the emotions that the disciples were experiencing. After taking so much ground, they were now at a loss. The very focus of what they were doing seemingly came to an end. The lights were shut off, and they were very isolated and alone. I don't know if you've recently found yourself in that spot. Maybe you find yourself there right now. But when all expectations that you were leaning into are turned around and now it's just you and you're isolated and the plans seemingly have failed. It leads me to point number one that I just really want to stress to everyone who can hear my voice is real life will force you two steps backwards many times in this lifetime. That is part of the human experience. It is shocking the setbacks that I have seen people experience in their lifetimes. I remember as a brand new lead pastor, I got a phone call after about three weeks to meet a family at the hospital in the emergency room because one of our board members had suffered a heart attack. And when I walked in, everybody was upbeat. The family was there, uh, cousins, uncles, nieces, uh, young adult uh, family. And everyone was fairly upbeat because this man was in his early 60s, had never been sick a day in his life and was expected to pull through with shining colors. And so we sat there drinking coffee, prayerful. It was certainly a somber moment, but it, it felt like just a little bit of a nudge, just a little bit of a budge. And I watched as the doctors came in unexpectedly and announced that he's passed. 
And I watched the, the oxygen be ripped out of the room for a family who had no expectation for this to happen. Their dad had been strong his whole life and growing stronger and wealthier and more iconic in his leadership of the family. And then suddenly he was completely gone. No hope at all. We find ourselves in some of those moments where we're set back because that's what two steps back will ultimately do. John chapter 16, verse 33 says, in this world, you will have trouble. During these setbacks, I've watched people grab onto things looking for an anchor to make it through. And it is fascinating what people will grab onto in the process. Some people have absolutely no hope at all. They expect the worst and they're just waiting for it because they feel like it's ultimately been waiting for them and they're just hoping they'll survive. Others will hold on to the storm, let it run its course, and their thought is, if I could just hold on till the end, then we'll hit reset and we'll move forward. Other people will grab onto a lucky token, something in their wallet, something they carry in their pocket, something they have stored away at home that represents hope, and they grab onto that thing and they hold onto that thing, and it brings them comfort and they hold onto it to try to anchor themselves. Sometimes people will repeat a thing, a saying that they've learned in their lifetime from their childhood maybe that brings encouragement. And as they say it, the sound of those syllables, the sound of those words brings an element of comfort. But this I know, in the lives of believers, believers have a living anchor that holds them securely. And I can remember what it's like to not be a believer and face setbacks, and I know what it is to be a believer and experience setbacks, and the anchor that we are able to hold on to is radically different when that time comes. Psalm chapter 46, verses 1 through 3, says this amazingly. It says, God is our refuge. A refuge is a place that you run into in a time of storm. I was reading up on some of the um, uh, some of the um, uh, uh, tornadoes in the Kansas area and people building places of refuge where they would run into and find refuge. They'd find help in. It says that God ultimately is our refuge and our strength. And it says this, he's a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. You know, as a young believer, I always pictured myself in a time of storm grabbing onto God and holding on for dear life and trusting that being connected to him would help me through the season. And what I've discovered is through many of life's setbacks is that if it were up to the strength on which I can hold on to him, I would have, I would have pulled off a long time sooner because it's ultimately not how tight I hold on to him. It's definitely how tight he is holding on to me. After a while, you realize you don't have the strength to hold on to God. It's not that you have refuge because you're holding on to him. It's he's your refuge and you run into his grasp. You know, it was reminding me of the Jones family uh, this past season where Jacob and Laura and their daughter was unexpectedly born uh, 27 weeks in, which if you do the math, that is danger territory. Extremely difficult. Now, Rowena and I have had three children, and each of them came into the world, you know, somewhat traumatically. Every birth, I think, is traumatic. But anytime a baby is born after only 27 weeks, weighing only one pound and 27 ounces, it 
ushers you into a very isolated place personally where you, where you recognize how fragile life really is, how the things that you thought mattered don't, and you begin to wonder, what will carry me through this season? Um, the beautiful thing about, for the Jones family, um, for Jacob and Lauren, and for anybody who's a believer who goes through a season like this, the thing that we anchor ourselves to is different than that pendant that maybe mom gave you as a child. The thing that we anchor ourselves into is actually alive. He is alive. Your helper is alive. He's not a memory. He's not a historical fat, uh, figure. He is alive and living right now. He is also, according to the scripture, present here right now. And it's in that moment that you have a savior where you're able to lean forward and know that I'm not alone in the hospital room. I have someone else who is here. While I'm thankful for the doctors, you begin to understand in that moment that flesh will fail you. Even the best doctors can't solve every situation. And so you lean forward and discover that God is present. He's also listening. He's not a dead figurine propped up against a wall. He is the God who is listening to every word you say, every cry of your heart. And in the process of listening, he's also all-knowing, which is an amazing thing because I've yet to meet someone who thought they knew everything who actually did, <laughs> present company included. And yet the one we cry out to in our two steps backwards knows every detail of what I'm going through, knows everything that can be done, should be done, shouldn't be done, He's listening, he's hearing, he's all-knowing, he's also all-powerful. And if that wasn't enough, in that moment you discover that he is here for me. That is the most remarkable thing to experience. In a two-step backwards, the difference between the believer and the unbeliever is the unbeliever reaches on to something that has none of these attributes, and the believer is able to grab on to one who has all of these attributes and even more. I love Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 through 3. It says, But now, thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. In other words, I've bought you. You belong to me. I've purchased you. When God sent His Son, it wasn't just a sacrifice, it was payment, not just for your sin, payment for you, for relationship with you. Fear not. For I have redeemed you, I have called you by name, you are mine. And here's the promise that a believer has. When you pass through the waters, not if you pass through the waters, it's when you pass through the waters. You experience 2020, I'm sure you experience some waters. You're experiencing real life today, even in your greatest moments, there will be some waters. Fear not, I will be with you when you pass through the waters, I will be with you when you and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. In other words, if it's ankle deep and it's annoying, or if it's chest deep and it's terrifying, I will be with you. They won't overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Amen? So next, in him, two steps backwards is not your destination. That's one of, the, one of the great things about this life experience. I've taken many steps forward, 
and I've taken a few steps backward, and that's not where it ends. It feels like that might be where it ends, but I always experience the wind of God come up behind me, sometimes immediately, and sometimes it takes a little while, but God has never stopped writing the story of his goodness to me and in my life, nor did he give up on the disciples. Can you imagine what that Friday night would have felt like going home? The thoughts racing through their mind, their Savior is dead. This thing they've been involved with has been the, the, the steepest trajectory the world has ever experienced with the, farthest dr- the tallest drop-off ever. What will we do tomorrow? Maybe this wasn't true. And those long hours that were afterwards, and yet in him, two steps backwards is not your destination. John chapter 20, verse 1. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb. There's always a step to take after the two steps backwards. I would encourage you, pause, reflect, don't feel the need to run, but in him there is always steps forward. And you read here in John 20, verse 1, it says, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark, and she saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. There is the next chapter. There is the next thing that God is doing. There is the next thing that he is going to do because of what has been robbed from you. God is a God of justice, and if there's anything I've experienced in him is that when you take a loss at the hands of the wicked one, at the hands of someone else, an injustice, God is so generous in resetting you and repositioning you so that the next steps you take next actually propel you beyond where you would have been. So as you can imagine, we're excited this week as little Zoe got her, um, got her final surgery. And uh, they're waiting a couple days until uh, f- possibly a few weeks until she begins to gain weight. They take out the breathing tube and uh, look at the smirk on that little girl saying, my next steps are going to be something else, right? And so as I kind of look at this season and I try to, for a moment, try to imagine what (laughs) Annie will be passing out, signature pictures at the end of this gathering, I, I, it's interesting to me that I've, our kids have never spent not a day in the hospital. I could never say to you that I understand what you're going through. I have no idea. I've had my own backward steps that I've experienced, and they've been very challenging. But everybody in this room, as I look around, many of you have had some very dark moments. But on a resurrection day like today, we remember that Friday's not the, the destination. There are steps afterwards as we remain faithful to God. And you'll find that those dark moments will actually build something in your story, in the story of your child, in the story of your family, and the story of your church. You know, the beautiful thing about being a believer that I haven't mentioned is that when we take those steps backwards, we, we are part of an entire, no, she can't help you, but God can. That's what I've been trying to say this entire time. You go ahead and anchor your hope into whatever you want, but she can't help you. You gotta love technology. It'll fail you every time. Um, the, the, uh, the beautiful picture here is that as a family, we get to take we get to observe the step backward. We, we go through the sadness of it together. But in the strength of family, there's the ability to lean forward and begin to take steps forward. 
because he is with us, he is for us, and he will do that. I want you to do me a favor. You hopefully have with you in, in person the symbols of communion. And I'm going to have you stand with me as we prepare to receive communion. I think it's only appropriate to take a look at these elements and recognize what they do represent. Jesus actually celebrated the first communion before these symbols were ever paid forward into the experience. But you and I, we take a look at these symbols and we're able to look backwards for what was paid. Knowing that on a Friday, these elements were poured out, but after the steps backward, a few days in the future, they would launch into the greatest season of the entire Bible. The most amazing things that would ever happen happened after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. In fact, they happened because of the difficulty that happened. And I would say this, these symbols that you receive today, while they remind us of Christ and what he paid and what it means for our future, don't let it be lost that some of your darkest times, some of your most difficult spots will at some point in the future become the thing you are so thankful to have been through and survived. You won't look back and you won't say, oh, I'm glad that happened, but you will say, because that happened, there are many things that happened in me and through me, for me, that I would not trade because of what it brought. And that certainly would be true of the disciples. Luke chapter 22, verse 19 through 20. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of two steps backward. Do this in remembrance of the dark time. Do this in remembrance of when it seemed like there was no hope because this is a reminder that there is hope, that there are steps forward, there are victories that will be won, there are successes ahead, there are good, there's days of good news where everything that seemed to be lost is gained and then some. Amen? Father, I thank you for these elements. Bless them for your people. We thank you to be able to gather on this resurrection morning. Lord, I pray over each person in the room today. God, people who walk with you, we lean forward into you, Jesus. We say yes to you, fresh and new. Lord, we're excited about the days ahead. I pray over each person in the room right now, there might be some that are in a very dark spot. Bad news from a doctor, bad news from a friend, difficulty looming on uh, the work side of life. But Father, I pray in this moment, you remind them that life is so much more than that. We have an anchor that, that is living, holds us firm, who's carrying us forward. And this is not a destination. This is a place that we're traveling through to the good things that you have. Bless these elements. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Go ahead and receive. receive communion. Just take your hands and just raise them up to the heavens. I just want to pray over you just one more time before we sing this final song. I want you to do me a favor as you have your hands raised. Just close your eyes as you get ready to pray for you. With your hands just up in the air, I just want to pray specifically over you. Since you all have your hands raised, I can't have you raise your hands specifically for maybe going through a dark space, but I want to pray just over you. Father, I pray over each person in this room been through a difficult moment. 
things didn't work out like they thought they were going to or uh, God, things have, have shifted in their world unexpectedly and it, it's not this chapter is not turning out like what they thought Father there's sh- some shifting in the pieces that are on the game board in their life right now just that the rules seem to be changing and they can't keep up and not really sure and Father, I want you to remind them that you are for them. That you are for them to stay the course. Father, you're not shifting directions. The wind is just blowing. And it would rob them of confidence, but you've not gone anywhere. And you're continuing to move them forward. The trajectory that they're on is where they need to continue to knuckle down and press forward. Father, I pray that you give them the confidence. God, that what you began, you will complete. Father, that every good and perfect thing, God, you, you'll work it out to your end. And though the enemy would come in and try to push and shove and remove, that, Lord, you're, you're going to help them to steer straight in the storm and arrive at the perfect destinations, maybe a little different looking than what they thought, but, God, you've got this covered. God, I pray for just a confidence in you because ultimately we, we, we're not the ones that stick us to the street. You are the one anchors us in and you are alive and living and present and knowledgeable and all powerful. God, you've got this. You're going to help us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, leaders, and what we do at C3 Church, visit our website at c3swwa.com.